Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends. How are you? I hope you are having a great day. Or if you aren't listening on a Monday, as always, you'll know the drill. On a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Sunday, in the afternoon, as you're putting the kids to bed, whatever. I'm so glad that you are here. Um, And just, I hope this is a place where if you are an avid listener or you just started listening that when you turn this off, you turn me off, that you are um, encouraged and reminded of how significant you are and how important this day is, however much time is left in it. Um, I don't know if you listened to last week's podcast. The word that we talked about is the word silence. And man, did y'all actually take some time to be silent last week? Um, how'd that feel? Was it challenging? If you did not, or if you haven't listened, I really encourage you to go back and listen. Um, I'm not going to lie. I had several instances where I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I just let my mind get the best of me, or I created a distraction, or life happened. Um, And so just realizing the need to be intentional about this is so crucial. So anyway, this week we are talking about the word pace. And This word is one that, um, much like a lot of all of our words, is they're all circular, right? Like when we talked about the word rhythm, when we talked about the word um, listen, we have to listen to God's instruction. We have to dig into our rhythms and set our rhythms to really understand pace. So everything is related, um, but... I think we'll learn some some new stuff this podcast, and so I'm excited. Before we dig in, let's refocus together as always. If you can, close your eyes. If not, no worries. Um, but here we go. Ready? F, fix your eyes on Jesus. O, open your heart to receive. C, calm your mind. U, unplug from distractions. S, saturate your soul in him. <sighs> Doesn't that feel good? Look, you just took a deep breath. Sometimes we forget to breathe. That's how quickly we are operating at, speaking of pace. Um, but really, you guys, I want to, in thinking about this word, I really want you to take a moment before we even dig in. And I want you to get honest, okay? We talked about the word honesty recently. What pace are you operating at? And if you continue this pace, can you sustain it? Do you think God's calling you to maybe step back a little bit? Do you think he's maybe asking you to slow down, smell the roses, look up, enjoy the view, be present in this season? What do you think he's asking of you where you are? What has your pace been? This is a really challenging word and it's so important because honestly you guys I mean if life is a race okay then our pace determines the journey of it 
you know, are we running at breakneck speed, acting like everything's a sprint and competing with everyone beside us? Or are we realizing the need to pace ourselves for the longevity and the end game? Okay, and as I mentioned, we talked about the word rhythm not too long ago and the word timing. That's another one. Um, So I think this is going to complement those really well. And, you know, when I thought about this word, I immediately had two different visuals or examples that came to my mind. And I think these will really help illustrate what pace is in a very practical sense. Um, One is, I don't know if you've heard of a pacemaker before or, or not, but if not, it's a small device, okay, that's placed underneath the skin in your chest to help control your heartbeat. So if you have an irregular heartbeat, it's used to help your heart beat more regularly and get back on track. And this brings me to my first point, is that as believers, our pacemaker, so the thing that helps us set our pace and determines the rate we need to operate at, is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. In both a literal sense and a spiritual sense, we have to be regulated or we will find that our heart is either going too fast or too slow, right? We are either running around like a chicken with our head cut off, very ineffective, trying to be everywhere, or we are staying stagnant and paralyzed by something that doesn't align with who God says that we are. But when the word of God sets our pace, we experience a life of peace. I'm going to say that again. When the word of God sets our pace, we experience a life of peace. Because just like with our hearts and this pacemaker that is literally physically placed in someone's chest to help regulate, that is the Word of God. That is the Holy Spirit put inside of us so that He can be our pacemaker, right? Those nudges that we feel, that slowing down, that, hey, stand up, take courage, you can do this, get up, put some movement behind it. That pace, that pacemaker, the Holy Spirit, He is what helps us when we feel exhausted, when our heartbeat feels off. Um, we often just have to readjust and realign, right? And the, the way that we realign is by getting in the Word of God, by discerning, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Okay, Jesus, what have you already said? What can I lean into already in this place? How can I realign here? Um, and then another example is that I thought about my friend who's a runner, and she lives in San Francisco. And I don't know if you guys have visited San Francisco, but Running in that city is no joke. Oh my goodness. I thought Raleigh, North Carolina had a lot of hills. And I kid you not, when we parked at one restaurant, um, my husband and I were at, I literally thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to fall down when we got out of the car. Um, But she runs crazy long distances. And so she always follows a pacer. And this was so interesting to me because I remember when I met her, she actually, I, I met her and I was, it was at the gym actually, and I was running and she said, I just am not a runner. It's just not my thing. Um, I've tried. And what I ended up reaching out to her when I saw that she was in San Francisco and literally had become like such a runner, just totally the opposite of of what um, I was used to seeing her do. And so I was like, that is so incredible. And she said, you know what my, my trick is, is I always follow a pacer. This is essentially a person that that runs ahead of her and sets the tempo for the pace she is trying to attain Um, or kind of alongside her, like right in tandem, right? And this pacer determines 
her rate or, or our rate by the desired goal of the runner. So a lot of times these pacers are used for long distances and this helps the runner focus on just their form and their breathing and it keeps their eyes ahead so they can stay in step with their pacer and they're not constantly thinking, okay, where's the finish line? Where am I at with this? Am I doing okay? Do I need to speed up? Do I need to slow down? What's my goal? And constantly distracted by the clock. And this made me think several things. This particular example of this pacer with running, it made me think of several things that it really coincided with this race of life, right? Is that one, when we let the Holy Spirit lead us, we don't have to exhaust ourselves wondering if our pace is too fast or too slow. And what's really cool about this and so important um, is that it allows us to focus on our breathing, on our form, and on what we can control, what's in our realm, and then trusting him fully with all else, just like my friend does. She says, you know what? I know that's your job. And so I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to rely on you and follow your lead. And the other thing is that we know that we don't have to educate him, meaning Jesus, on where our finish line is or the Holy Spirit. His mind is focused on eternity. He of all people knows our end game right he knows the pace that we need to operate at way more than we do because he knows the gifts gifts we've been given he knows the desired route he knows how to how we are going to actually sustain ourselves and not experience burnout ecclesiastes 9:11 says it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. I just love that because I think sometimes as we are reminded of how big God is, like it says, he stretches out the heavens literally like a curtain, right? And he spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Is as we remember who's in control and that he's our pacemaker, and we remember how small we are, not about significance, but removing that pressure from ourselves, I think it helps us keep our pace. The next thing is that we don't have to strive for perfection when we are taking strides with the one who is perfect. Okay, there's a major difference between striving and striding. And this was interesting when I was looking into this. So striding is walking with long, decisive steps in a very specific direction. Striving, with a V, okay, is to exert much effort or energy or to struggle or fight forcefully. And the thing is, is when we channel our movement towards the one who made us, we are making the daily and really momentary, if you think about it, because our days are often broken up into all kinds of different parts, we are making the momentary decision to continually follow him. That is taking strides. And I think you know, because we are so hardwired to strive and culture praises this mentality, we tend to confuse overwhelm and stress as care. Does that make sense? It's like we, we assume that if we're really worried about something, that it means it's a good thing, that we care, that we're responsible. But the truth is, is that if we really care about where we are going and who we are following, we will desire to walk in step with him. We will desire to journey with him rather than getting somewhere for him. And that will be our focus, is journeying with him. And this also helps us 
experience joy. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11 says, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore, and this is interesting, I'll go back over to this, strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And then Luke 13, 24 once again says strive. So I wanted to mention these because I know I said there's a difference between strides and striving, right? And Luke 13, 24 says strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. So while yes, I wanted to clarify, I am saying don't strive for perfection. The pace of God still requires this striving of effort, but in his direction. So it's not the striving we're thinking of, right? A lot of times I think we confuse God saying, okay, like the rest and the, when he says strive to enter this type of rest, what that means is, is, hey, that hard work, that effort, that momentum and all of that is good. That is holy. I don't think he's saying, hey, I want you to go at a really slow pace just so you can hang out and I'll do all the hard, hard, and heavy lifting he will carry the heavy burdens but I think what he's saying is it's the direction of that effort right and specifically that verse in Hebrews that says strive to enter that rest in other words God's desire for us is not to strive towards perfection but to strive towards peace by abiding in him and taking strides and following his instruction so I just wanted to point out the difference because I do think it's really important that we understand the gospel doesn't strip us of effort and work and showing up and doing the hard stuff and you know my friend who runs yes she has a pacer but guess what she has to lace up her shoes decide that she is a runner okay accept that identity put on the clothes she needs to understand that it's cold she may have to layer up and make the decision to get out there anyway and when she does she is met with what she needs to do what she needs to do but I think that's really important for us to understand that there is a big difference between striving for perfection and striving to enter the rest. And through that, it's only possible as we take strides toward Jesus. My next point is that pace is different for every person. And for every person, that pace changes based on what they're putting their hands to. And I wanted to mention this because I think when we think about pace, we think about running or a race or the speed at which we're operating at. Well, often we're human. So what we also think is, okay, my pace compared to another person's. But here's the deal is that, I mean, even if you're thinking about a pace in which you complete a project or you complete an assignment, like if you understand math a lot more than English, then the pace at which you complete a reading assignment is going to be a little longer than the pace that you finish a math worksheet, right? Because that, that's how you are wired. That's how you think. Or if you have stronger chest muscles than you do leg muscles, the pace in which you complete a push-up competition, right, will probably be faster than doing a football field of lunges. So I think it's important for us to realize that pace is relative based on what we have been repeating, right? Our habitual tendencies tend to determine how we are able to operate as we run this race. So when we place expectations on our shoulders to be experts at everything we don't allow ourselves to be become beginners at anything and I think that was probably a decision that my friend had to make the one who is truly like an avid runner now is 
to drop that identity of, well, that's not who I am. I'm not a runner. I can't do that. And she had to realize, okay, I can still call myself a runner and not run a marathon or not be, not run as fast as this person or run a mile or do this. You know, I think a lot of becoming a beginner and allowing ourselves to step forward in courage is understanding that we all start somewhere. And in order to go anywhere, you have to start somewhere. And I know that sounds so Captain Obvious, but how often do we strip ourselves, I know I do, of this reality when we compare our beginning with another person's middle or end. And that's something, honestly, you guys, that I struggle with. When I start something, I want to do it perfectly, if I'm being honest. I mean, impossible, right? But even like a sport or an exercise class or a new something, I mean, and that strips the bun out of it. And the reality is, is that we have to allow ourselves to become beginners so that we can start somewhere, right? And understand that as we show up, as we lace up our shoes, as we do the thing, as we show up every morning or however it looks, our pace will improve. But we have to be realistic and understand that it just takes repetitive movement. It takes showing up. It takes doing the hard things continually. That spiritual maturity, those muscles are not developed overnight, but that's also why they're so rich and worth it. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is that, you know, Jesus never operated at a pace. I was thinking about the pace of Jesus, okay, because hello, he's a perfect example. And he never operated at a pace that made him unaware or uninterruptible. Is that the right word? I hope so. His commitment to his heavenly father was and is unwavering. You know, heaven, and I think this is funny, when we think that heaven needs us to operate in a hurried manner. Like, seriously? And we cross off these things on a list for the sake of completion. But heaven needs us to operate with a mission mindset, focused on where God is leading, but never missing an opportunity to further his kingdom and extend his family right where we are. And I think about this in this story. I'm going to, it's very brief. It's Mark 5, 21 through 24. And I'm going to read it to you because in case you're walking or in the car and you can't get the word of God out, I'm read it to you. Okay, it says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. You see, y'all, this story is very brief, but extremely powerful when we understand what's happening. Jesus had just gotten off the boat. I mean, he's just post-traveling across the way, okay, and crowded by people, which he often fled from crowds, when this leader, Jairus, comes along and begs for Jesus to save his daughter. Jesus was never, of all people, was never lacking important things to do. He was never lacking places to be. He was never lacking people to see, right? However, his number one priority was not missing the will of his father. And I think about myself in this particular story because I think, you know, Claire, are you interruptible? I mean, when it's when, when God places someone right in front of your face, do you see them? Or are you so focused on where you're headed 
and you're so stubborn about getting there in the rate or the timing that you want to that you miss it. And you know, here's the thing is we are all in ministry at all points of our days. We can say whatever, no matter what we do, that's the truth if we are his kids. So if we don't think we are, we're already missing it, okay? Because we're missing the fact that that's that's our role. That's why we're here. And if we place a higher significance on our definition of ministry than we place on the one we are ministering about, y'all, that's some dangerous territory, right? Like when we get distracted by our preference of worship or how we want to carry out this ministry, we begin to worship our construction of Jesus rather than his construction over us. And so my question to you with this is, are you so consumed with getting somewhere that you miss the opportunities along the way? Also think about how you feel, and this is hard, okay, because I think a lot of us probably don't love being interrupted, um, especially when we have stuff to do and we're busy. But are you able to be interrupted? And when you are, do you feel frustrated? Because I think it's the unplanned moments that often minister to our souls and the souls of others. So I just, you know, take inventory, think about that. And, you know, are you... Are your eyes kind of closed because you're so preoccupied with where you think Jesus is leading you that you're not even available and aware of where you're at and who's in front of you? Um, The next thing I wanted to talk about, just two more points, is in the world, pace determines position. But in the kingdom of God, our position as his children sets the pace for the life we live. So it's kind of like flip-flop, which makes so much sense, right? Because in the economy of God and in In the Bible, so many things, I mean, Jesus just turns culture right on its head. You know, he is so not, so not worried about, that's why a lot of times when we make it conformity, like Christianity, when we try and make the word fit our lives, y'all, that's just not, it has to instruct how we operate. We often, you know, accelerate our pace and culture encourages us because we want to ensure our victory. However, because our position has already been been determined as victors and we see this we must let our position determine our pace and I love I'm going to mention the scripture again from Isaiah that I said earlier it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell and I wanted to say this again just because I really think it helps us remember of our smallness and his bigness And doesn't that help you kind of take a deep breath and realize, okay, wait, I don't have to run at a certain speed or or cross a certain line or or do something that's that's not what I'm called to do in order to to ensure my position in this world or in heaven, right? We already have been labeled as royalty. We've already received the inheritance when we say we believe. And so I think this scripture just reminds us hey do you know who you follow right for me it's like the lord said hey clear do you remember what this life is about eternity minded sister okay and this lets us surrender the need to achieve a certain position by going at a certain pace and this allows us to begin to step into the truth that because he's already affirmed our position as his as i said we can walk at whatever pace he asks of us we won't get behind we don't need to feel the need to get ahead. We walk in step with him and we know when he brings something forth, it is perfect timing. 
The last point I wanted to make about this, and this is a good one. Our obedience and humility is revealed not just in where we travel, but how we walk there. Okay, obedience and humility. And that's what pace does. It ensures our peace as we fulfill our purpose. Okay, because why would we feel, let's dissect it a little bit, why would we feel the need to rush ahead? Well, if we believe that the outcome was solely up to us, right? Like this is why our humility is so necessary. And humility is directly linked to obedience, right? Because when we surrender ourselves at his feet and we humble ourselves and we realize he's God and we aren't and we realize what he's already done to ensure this place for us and where we're headed, oh man, there's nothing we can do but worship. And the greatest form of worship is obedience, right? So we have humility and obedience are always linked. And so when we know and trust God's timeline, we consume ourselves less with pace and more with the person whose hand we are holding. And y'all, that, that is the ticket to a rich life. So I know I opened with this and I want to close with it. I want y'all to think, what is your pace right now? Only you know that. Only you know what your commitments are and what your bandwidth is, right? Only you know what God's asking of you and if you're trusting him. Only you know if you know you need to slow down, but you're so scared to miss out. So you're staying at the speed you're operating at, knowing you can't sustain. Do you even feel like you know the pace the Holy Spirit's asking you to walk? Have you given it the time to maybe speak into that? Do you trust what he'd say if he told you to maybe halt a little bit or speed up in a certain area? You know, we can learn about pace all day long, but if we don't trust the person who's setting the pace, it is relatively irrelevant, right? I don't know. I think when we think about this, you know, it doesn't behoove us, any of us, to not be honest about where we're at. But the beautiful thing about this word and this truth and being his kid is that at any point we can say, hey, um, Jesus, can you help me? Because... Right, this isn't working, right? I don't know if I'm going too slow in certain areas. I don't know if I'm going too fast in certain areas. I would imagine a little bit of both, and I need your help. Can you help me? And not everything will happen at once, right? We don't become, we don't qualify for the Boston Marathon the minute that we decide to get a pacemaker. (laughs) The minute that we decide to follow a pacer, I mean, I'm sorry. And so I think we have to give grace to ourselves, but understand that the more that we get used to holding his hand, to trusting his lead, to lifting our head up, okay, taking deep breaths, realizing the view, being interruptible to where he stops us, the more we will trust his lead and live a peaceful life. And I just think this word is so powerful. So think about the pace you're traveling at. Really, really, really stop and think about it. Because your pace determines whether you enjoy the run or not. And every week we do a devotional, and the devotional we do a focus tip. And this is from the Focus Devotional. Um, It says, when you find yourself running at full speed ahead this week, which is how a lot of us operate, right? Remember the word pace and ask God to help you walk in peace. Y'all, I know a lot of times when you hear these things, everything sounds so, she has no idea what I have going on. Like a, a peaceful pace, really? Like you have no idea what's on my plate. But because I know who you're following, because I know your pacer and... I've read about him, and I know him, and he's the one I have, then I can confidently say that whatever is on your plate, you can still operate 
at the pace of grace and walk in peace. That is true for you and for me. Okay, so let's end with the Monday prayer. If you can, close your eyes. If not, that's okay. I'm going to read it over you and just declare this for your week. Um, So here we go. Dear Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. Your generosity and kindness met me where I am, and I know it will carry me all day long. Thank you for never changing. Will you teach me to look to your word first and foremost and let it be my gauge? for what is good, true, and important. It is the remedy for my exhaustion and the realignment I need. Thank you for the reminder that I don't have to compete against anyone else because you have already established my steps. As I walk in step with you, trusting the pace that you set, I experience a deep and lasting peace that only you can bring. I love that you call me to put my hands towards new things and unfamiliar places, allowing me to be a beginner and learn as I go. Show me how to operate with the pace of grace in every moment. Thank you for slowing me down and helping me appreciate this view. This week, I release the strive for perfection, and I commit to taking strides with the one who is perfect. Running with you, I'm always on time. In the gracious, available, and praiseworthy name of Jesus. Amen. Oh my gosh, y'all. I love, like, reading it slow. I encourage you, as always, it's on the Clearly Stated Instagram if you want to go there. You can screenshot it and make it your background or write it down. I know a lot of you write it down on an index card and you put it in your car or on your refrigerator or whatever it is. I encourage you to do that because this is this is what you get to cling to this week. Isn't it an awesome thing that he hears our prayers and we get to stand on the truth he's already spoken over us? Oh my gosh, it's it's the best news of our life. Um, but anyway, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being you. Um, if this did encourage you, it would mean so much to me. Um, if you'd share in your stories and tag me or forward to a friend or subscribe. Um, and I wanted to specifically thank y'all for leaving reviews. Wow, I've just been blown away. Um, so grateful for those and, and just that it's helping people find the podcast and and, um, and spreading, gosh, the love of Jesus. Because there's nothing better ever. That's what life, that's what makes any of it worth living. And that's why we're here. So so grateful for you. I hope you have an awesome week. If you need to slow down in some areas, I hope you slow down. And if you need to put a little bit of venom and kicking, pepping your step and lace up your shoes, I hope you do that too. But I do know that when you let the pace of grace set your way, you will be on the pathway to peace. And it is a rich and worthwhile life. Y'all have a great week and we will see you next time.